Welcome to Unapologetically Me with me, Melissa Peta, the owner of Pilates Plus in Cherry Hills, Colorado. Hey, you guys. So in the last 24 hours, I have noticed that there are two types of people. There are the people that get sinus infections, and then there's the people that don't get sinus infections and laugh at the people who get sinus infections because they think they're wusses and exaggerating. All right, so I got payback yesterday. Karma's a bitch. Um, experienced my first sinus infection yesterday after teaching my 6 a.m. class. I came home to take a, a little snooze, and I woke up, and I thought my head was, I, I don't know. I usually don't get headaches. I can count on my hand how many headaches I've gotten in my entire life. I just don't get them. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I go and I take an Excedrin for migraines. When I do get even a little bit of something going on in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll just tackle it right away. So I figured that was part of the problem. It wasn't, and it wouldn't go away. So then I was like, well, maybe this is something with my sinuses, so a sinus headache. So I go and I take um, the Sudafed that I've got on store and take that, and it's still not going away. I'm laying down. I'm trying everything possible to maybe rest this off, sleep it off. But I still have to go next door to check on my mom and sister to make sure they have everything they need to make sure that my mom is still on her feet, not on the ground, and things like that. So, I mean, I've still got responsibilities. Luckily, the studio, I've got great instructors, so they take care of stuff very nicely. Thank you, ladies. Best instructors ever at Pilates Plus Cherry Hills. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, so this last week, I've been noticing that my sinuses have been worse than normal. I've been really stuffed up. I noticed in my first podcast that I was very stuffy, uh, doing a lot of saline rinses. One dripped out, of course, when during my Pilates session when I was upside down. So it happens. Hey, but if you do saline rinses, you notice that things come out that you didn't know were in there. So like money. No, if that, if that were the case, I would be doing them all the time. Nothing cool comes out, at least out of mine. So anyway, so I've been doing saline rinses like pretty intently to try to see if I try to get back to non-stuffiness and it wasn't working. Um, and like I said, yeah, so in church I was extra hawking, trying to hawk a loogie, you know, that little pre, like that snort. I am the pro at that. Now I've never learned how to hawk a loogie. I really did try to learn from Jack in Titanic, but he is a horrible teacher. So I didn't learn how to do it. And then by the time I thought I could ask him for help, it turns out he didn't make it to the end of that movie. So anyway, yes, I know. Okay. So I've been suffering with allergies my entire life. Um, to the point where I've gotten allergy tested, which I highly recommend. I agree with food sensitivity tests, but I think that allergy tests are the best way to go to really pinpoint what is going on in your body. And I'm sure they've evolved. I need to probably do one again. But I basically found out that I'm allergic to everything, including uh, green grapes, watermelon, and my animals. The animals aren't going anywhere. Neither are the... Um, well, I guess the green grapes I did decide I could do without. So, because he told me I couldn't, that includes wine. And I was like, well, that doesn't include red wine, right? That's just, I mean, he kind of looked at me, I think, like, what the heck? So I began researching all the foods and doing all that kind of stuff to try to 
figure out what works best for allergies and what you need to eliminate. And I've tried over the years, but I still deal with the, the snorting. It's gotten better. Um, super attractive. I must say, I'm not going to blame that for the issue of why I'm not in a relationship or married, but maybe partially that'll make me feel a little better. So I get this sinus infection and literally I can't even eat. I can't stand. I'm like, I mean, obviously I did, but it's bad. I mean, I'll, I will justify now for anybody. I mean, I used to be the type of girl that was like, I felt the same way about sinus infections that I feel about heartburn. They're not real just because I haven't experienced them. So uh, I can assure you now from the sinus infection that I got yesterday and I've still had lingering on today, they are real. So I had to, um, like I said, I was doing everything and I finally tried to go to bed a little early. I was in bed reading around eight, couldn't fall asleep because I could feel the throbbing. And at about nine o'clock, I realized I hadn't fed the dogs, poor things. So I got down, fed the dogs. Then at 11, I started having, I tried to turn off the lights, tried to go to sleep and I could feel like the right side of my head, like right above my eye. It was just throbbing. I'm just terrible. So then of course I start thinking, um, really positive thoughts. Like I'm going to die. This is, this has got to be an aneurysm. There's no possible way. This is not a sinus infection. This is an aneurysm. This thing's going to blow up in my head and I'm going to die. And nobody's going to find me forever because for like days, cause you know, nobody, I don't live with anybody and I don't know, I guess hopefully somebody would miss me maybe. So that's one of my thoughts that's going through my head. Then the next one is like, well, I can't die because of my dogs. I mean, who's going to take my dogs? And then, so I go through all this stuff about, okay, well, I bet my, I bet if I, people know me well enough, I bet that they would make sure to take care of my dogs. My parents would definitely take care of them and make sure they go to good homes because they know that I would haunt their asses if my dogs weren't in good homes. And by like haunt, I mean, I would like write, I'd get some lipstick and write on their mirrors when they're showering or in the kitchen, like on the counter being like, Hey mom and dad, what's up? So that's the way I would haunt. I don't know about anybody else. I have no interest in scaring you like that, but you would know I was there and they would know. I'd be like, how's buddy? Where's he at? So yeah, I think they're worried about being haunted. Um, so that crossed my mind for a good long time. And then I started thinking about how messy my house was. And somebody's going to come into my rotting body in my bed where I've had an aneurysm and I've been laying there for days. And they're going to be like, what's, why is it so messy in here? Oh, Melissa. And how embarrassing would that be to not only be dead and rotting, but also have a messy house. It'd be pretty embarrassing. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so anytime you get something where you're not, you've never had it before, like my sinus infection or just cold in general, just some sort, something that's unfamiliar to you, you really do have to seek out the experts. So I went right away onto Facebook and I asked everybody's, all my friends' opinions, and it was awesome. So a lot of the things I was already doing, like the saline rinses, um, the one that kind of surprised me was 
the person that told me to take two Q-tips, put them in tea tree oil, and stick them up my nose. Now, I am not afraid to put things in my nose. And I know what that just sounded like. However, we're going to move forward because we're grown-ups here. And uh, anyway, so I've tried to... I keep making this worse and I'm not going to. Um, but I did. I took the two Q-tips, put the tea tree oil and stuck it up my nostrils. Looked like a damn walrus. And it burned. Like it, not that bad. But then I was laying down watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And the next thing I know, it's dripping down into my throat. So then I'm like, oh my God, this, now that, that stung and it tasted so bad. So then I'm going for any kind of food I can get. So I'm eating pecans. I'm eating um, pizza that I just made. I got my appetite back that I hadn't had yesterday. I'm eating my own hair because I'm eating so fast, trying to get this taste out of my mouth and the sting away from my throat. And um, yeah, I guess it kind of did some good. I, I don't know. I'm probably going to try it again. Why not? You know? Uh, years ago, I did the same thing, but not with Q-tips. I just put oregano oil directly into my nostrils because somebody said that gets rid of the phlegm. Big mistake. Do not try it. I'm going to warn you now. Don't do it. Okay, I feel like at this point, people are going to start wondering, will this girl stick anything up her nose? And I mean, okay, no, but when it comes to my sinuses, it's been... Like one of those journeys where I can't figure it out. I've got Flonase. I've got ton of allergy pills. I've tried it all, and it's it won't clear up, and so it makes me think that it might be my food. Oh, yeah, I've also had three deviated septum surgeries, which, I mean, because at one point they went in and they did a CAT scan, and the cartilage was all the way collapsed to one side of my nose, so I could breathe very easily on one side but not the other. So that gets me to the point where why do we need cartilage there? I don't know. Why do I need two nostrils? Weird. But I went to a doctor and they finally were like, yeah, your nose is going to fall off if you keep doing this. So I was like, well, I don't want to look like, I don't want to look like Michael Jackson, especially now. But so I did stop and that was, I got my last one probably about six years ago. And I still tell you, I have, I still have issues mentally as well as the sinus stuff. So a different, different episode. Um, yeah, so when you get to surgery, you're like, oh, this is going to be the miracle. It's going to work, and it didn't. So now I am convinced that it's got to be something that I eat, and I could get allergy tested. I just don't want to because what if they're like, you're allergic to pizza, or worse yet, you're allergic to wine. No, can't do it. So you're going to have to bear with me if I forget like what I've already told you. Yeah, and we're on episode two, so this should be a blast. But, uh, so people always ask me, they're like, how did you get into this? What made you passionate about it? Well, I've always been passionate about food. I, I don't know why I was a kid that was, I guess I was just weird because I always, even as a kid, I was like, how many pieces of celery do I need to get my, a serving? How many carrots, how many radishes? And yeah, I used to make the most colorful salads because I wanted to make it healthy and I wanted to get as many nutrients as possible at like 10. So I continued with that fascination with food. I did continue to eat bad. I still love ice. I, I, at that point, I loved ice cream and Mountain Dew. 
And uh, I, but as I went through life, my mom at 13, she would, well, when I was 13, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which at that point it was, you could barely notice that she had it, but I still became even more passionate about, well, how do you prevent something like this? Just in case it was genetic, which it's not. But, um, so I, I started researching food more. And then at 18, I went down the rabbit hole. Like I, I was always the skinny girl in high school. Everybody was getting their boobs and I was still trying to figure out when mine were going to come in. I was still wearing clothes from the kids store and it was not cool. So I began, um, well, first of all, milk doesn't work to make your boobs grow. Just see, well, I guess if you get it with enough hormones in it, yeah, it can, but hormones didn't come out until I was past boob growing years. So then I just got implants. Um, yeah, eventually you just give up. So I, where was, I don't even know what I'm talking about now. Wow. That went way over the deep end. I told you that was going to happen. Uh, yeah. So I was always a skinny girl in college. I finally got hips and a little bit of boobage and, um, but I started reading a book called total health makeover by Mary Lou Henner. And that was a game changer. Like to find out what's in your food. And she was super ahead of her time. This is in 1997 before there were the, I don't remember ever hearing gluten-free or any of that stuff. I'm sure it was there, but it wasn't as prominent as it is now. So everything she said was like dropping dairy because of the hormones, watching where your food, your meat is coming from because of uh, steroids and things like that that's added to it. So basically everything that you hear nowadays to change your diet, she was already preaching about. And so when I came to people and was telling them about this stuff, I was pretty much deemed as the crazy one, but they we're right on that. And I actually didn't start working out until actually once I graduated. Actually, I think it was college that I started working out. I took my college money that people had given me and sent me and I took it and I got a personal trainer and joined the gym because I was tired of being just skinny. And I wanted to tone up. I wanted those Jennifer Aniston friends arms. Ah, oh, gosh, those were amazing. So I got my first gym membership and I hated it. And I still, to this day, I tell people, I'm like, people that tell me that they go to the gym and they love it. I'm like, no, you don't. You like the results after. You do not like to go there though. And if you do, that's just weird. And I don't believe you, but hey, more power to you if it's fun for you. So I began walking a lot. I got my legs came out of the chicken leg, uh, area. They began to get muscle tone, which was fun to watch. And then it really became a passion once I moved to Los Angeles. And I figured out that in order to stay skinny, throwing up was just not going to work for me. So I began working out two, three times a day. And again, the problem was, is that every time I'd go to a trainer, it didn't matter in Arizona or California, these trainers always tell you when you tell them you have knee issues, they like to tell you, no, you don't. You just need to build up muscle around them. Well, some of us know our bodies better than other people. I mean, I was in college always experiencing knee pain, which led me to start believing this isn't just a working out thing. This might be hereditary and I may have degenerative knees, especially with having it happen this young. So yeah, so I was always 
really trying to talk to my trainers and get them to stop putting more weight on, but they just, they wouldn't, they have that notion in their head that no pain, no gain, at least they did in that day. So I became very, very frustrated. So then it turned out that my record producer that I was working with, he was dating a Pilates instructor and I was telling her my frustrations and she said, why don't you come see me and I'll show you the difference that Pilates can make. And it was all Matt because at that point, Reformer was still uh, very much just kind of coming in and it was super expensive, especially living in Los Angeles. So I began working with Matt Pilates with her, which there is so much you can do. And actually that turns out it is, Matt is one of the hardest of all the Pilates systems. So I was blessed, but I mean, right away she was listening to me and heard me when I said my knees hurt and we worked around that. We built up the muscle around it. So I became such a believer and that is part of my practice now is that I make sure that I listen to my clients. And when they tell me that something hurts, I'm not the type that's like, no, it doesn't. Yes, it probably does. Believe me, we all know our bodies better than anybody else. It's We've got to be heard and we've got to speak out because we know the pain in our body. And like I tell people, I can't feel your pain. I can't feel the discomfort. I can't feel when something's off. I can see something maybe off, but I can't feel it. So if you're feeling something's wonky in your body, you need to tell us and I promise you we will listen. So I also noticed that with regular personal training, because I was continuously doing more and more leg presses and things like that, bench presses and squats, and it kept getting harder and harder. I started noticing that my thighs were huge. I mean, I could, I couldn't fit into skinny jeans to save my life. Granted, I know I just said I didn't want super skinny legs, but I also did not want these huge bulky muscles where I couldn't fit into jeans because of them. I know that people say that a woman will never get too bulky, but I disagree. I can show you pictures and you will be shocked. So the Pilates definitely gave me, me personally, more of the body that I wanted, which was toned and lean, but not overly muscular. A very, it was what I consider at the time very feminine. So I was continued with my walking, power walking and hiking and things like that. And, uh, oh, then I got into dance. I love, and I suck at dancing, but, oh, I sure love it. Like, it is just that time when you can just geek out, do what you want to do, be in your own. And I know that a lot of people are like, I actually embrace the whole dance like nobody's watching. And I'm like, hell yeah, it's not a problem. And I'm sure a lot of people are watching because I'm crazy with that. And I probably, I flail everything around. So it's, I started dancing a lot more. And then Pilates, yoga, I got into yoga, loved the meditation part. And I felt like yoga and Pilates had a certain dance element to them. And so of course that makes me love it even more. So that's, that is my, where my love of Pilates and yoga and all that stuff is very intricately linked together. They just, they're very similar, but very different at the same time. Again, another episode. So that is, that's where my love started. And then I moved back to Colorado about 10 years ago and I wasn't quite sure uh, what I was going to be when I grew up. So I went ahead and I started teaching voice lessons. That was my first thing that I did out here. And I love it. I still to this day love it and cannot wait to incorporate that into my studio, which I know that sounds weird, but I do have a passion for that. 
Uh, but I decided I needed something to supplement that income because it's nothing, nothing that I do is like a full time, like you're not going to have your nine to five salary right away at least. So you have to have supplementary things. So I went out, I love working out. So I went ahead and got my NASM personal training certification, which was awesome. But another career, every career that I pick is hustling. It's a lot of trying to figure out how to get people in the door to keep you as their trainer to be as a cutting edge. So I got my NASM personal training certification. And then I, a couple years later, I began like dreaming of my own studio, but it was just a dream. And I was going to a yoga studio here, taking a lot of yoga and where I was introduced to bar and bar. It was all done. It was all done after that. I was bar is still one of my absolute favorites. Although Paloxing is pretty high up there with it. So, but I fell in love and became obsessed with bar. Then at the age of 34, after only being able to dream of opening a studio someday, I was in a horrible car accident where uh, my ex-boyfriend and I were driving home. He had been in a marathon while I was eating a cinnamon roll on the sidelines, but we got into a taxi cab and since we're less than two miles from home, I can sit in the middle seat and I don't need to buckle my seatbelt. Why? It's a taxi cab. They don't ever get into accidents. And uh, the last thing I remember of that accident was looking up, seeing a full-blown red light and looking at my ex being like, oh shit, we are about to run this full-blown red light and there's nothing that can be done. So I woke up in the hospital and I remember opening my eyes and you're looking around and you see the bright light and the white that you see you see in the movies and TV shows and you're like, that's not real. It's real. And I was super freaked out. I mean, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how I'd gotten there. And there's, that is a pretty freaky moment of life. And right away, the nurses, the nurses are keeping an eye. I, nurses have my total respect and admiration because they are so focused in on their patients. They saw me wake up right away and were like, it's okay. You are going to be fine. You are in the hospital right now. You were just in a really bad car accident. We're working on you, but you just need to stay calm and you need to stay still. Two things that right when they tell you that, all you want to do is jump up and flail your arms. So I did end up staying still. Uh, and the first thing I asked was, is Adam okay, the ex-boyfriend? And they responded, yes, he's totally fine. He's really worried about you right now. And we need you just focus on yourself. So I was trying, but that was, so that was the first thought. The second thought that went through my mind was, oh my God, please tell me that I paid for my health insurance for the month. I couldn't remember. And that was just a thought process of, cause I was like, this is going to be expensive. So I mean, the nurses are talking to me and then they ask me the most, it is probably the scariest question you can be asked in your life. Do you feel your legs? And I mean, the amount of fear that just radiates and ripples through your body to even think that you could possibly be paralyzed. There's no other reason they're asking this. And I was like, I, everything in me hurts. And they're like, we need you to move your legs for us. So I did it, but yeah, it's just, it, there was so much that was going through me. Like how bad was this accident? Uh, later found out that I had seized and convulsed 
had a couple of seizures, and then I went into a concussive state. So that's the body was rushed to the hospital. And apparently the nurses were telling me, they told me that I had woken up before this. Probably I'd been in the hospital for like four hours. And apparently I'd woken up the first time and I shot up and was flailing around and was like, you need to let me go home. Do you know who I am? Um, I'm not really sure who I thought I was in that moment, but apparently a big deal. I don't know. It's amazing what the psyche does, but, oh, I also threatened to sue them. I was like, if you don't let me go, I'm going to sue you. Oh, I apologize to all the nurses there, but, but they did tell me afterwards, they're like, oh my God, you're so much nicer than we thought at first. Apparently when you go into a concussive state, when you wake up, sometimes your personal personality does go into a 180. So I was a diva. That's awesome to know. So while I could feel my legs, uh, thank God, I couldn't move. So they had to move me from the emergency room bed to another bed to transport me over to the normal people area. And I, I literally could not move for the longest time. And my only thought going to this day is how the hell am I going to watch Red Zone? Do you think the hospital has Red Zone? Like, what am I going to do? This is before you could like stream and all that kind of stuff. It was just... If you didn't have it, you're not going to get it. So I was out of luck. And uh, so I had to watch football one game at a time, and I was so pissed off. But, hey, I was alive, I guess. Um, but they had to keep an eye on me the whole day to make sure there was no internal bleeding going on. And also, I mean, the fact that I couldn't get out of bed because my back was so incredibly in pain. Uh, that kind of did, did me in for having to stay the day. I at first had to pee into a bedpan because I couldn't get up. And then finally, after a couple of hours, I was able to figure it out. It still was excruciating. But for those that know me, peeing in a bedpan is worse than having to fight through the worst pain in your life. Like I will do whatever it takes to make sure I can get out of bed so I don't have to pee in that bedpan. Although I did a few times. Uh, if you know my I don't have a good reputation, I have a good record with being able to just pee on like order. I can't do it. I mean, there's, I get stage fright. That's just the way it is. So whole other story. But by 10 PM I was moving. Okay. I still had to be, get a wheelchair out to the car that took us home. The next day I woke up and I was still in a lot of pain. Uh, my ex-boyfriend told me that the only thing that it, he saw me going towards the windshield in the accident. And he said, my body just contorted. Like one leg was on each side of the passenger seat and the driver's seat. And it just held me in. So apparently I flew forward and then was like a bungee cord is all I can think is yanked back, which explains why my back was in so much pain for so long. And that just began a whole new, like the, I guess you can say that is the, ripple effect of how I got my studio. So we're going to keep that though for another episode. Dun, dun, dun. And we will talk to you soon. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.